Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. Here's your host, Stacey Jones. Welcome to Marketing Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I'm Stacey Jones, and I'm so happy to be here with you all today. And I want to give a very warm welcome to both Chris and Eric Martinez. Chris and Eric are the founders of Dynamic Fit Pros, helping health and business coaches build and scale their online coaching businesses, where they've worked with over 700 personal trainers, fitness professionals, and health enthusiasts. They are top of the charts, international number one best-selling authors, and the hosts of the podcast, Dynamic Lifestyle. One of the standouts that impressed me most is that these two brothers have developed and scaled an online business driven by content marketing. They practice what they preach daily, and that's to live a dynamic lifestyle, which in their eyes means to keep evolving in all areas of life, personal growth, career, relationships, and adventure. Today, Chris, Eric, and I are going to be chatting about content marketing and how to use it and build and grow your business, no matter your niche. We'll learn what works from their perspective, what should be avoided, and how some individuals and businesses just miss the mark. Chris, Eric, welcome. So happy to have you here today. Stacy, thank you so much for having us. Really, really appreciate you. And thanks for the, the intro. Um, I was going to say, uh, if your audience is watching this on YouTube video, um, you see two identical twins with humongous caterpillar eyebrows taking up the Zoom boxes. <laughs> You've missed out quite the conversation I've already had about eyebrows, but welcome to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> now, we're happy to be here and excited to deliver uh, value to your audience. Well, thank you. Well, what I'd love to start off doing is chat about how, you know, Chris, Eric, you both got to a place where you have established yourselves as business coaches, but by doing so through content marketing. And you really are playing at a level higher than most, I think, that of your competitors in this industry. Um, how did you get here? What's your backstory? Yeah, great, great question, Stacey. And I'll definitely take the listeners through um, our story, our personal story, and kind of how we did get here. And I think it's a great uh, point just to like talk about this because someone that it could even just if one person's listening to this and that's going through uh, an adverse situation, it could really change their lives. So um, when we grew up, um, you know, we grew up in a really picture perfect family, mom, dad, my dad was a, a state uh, California um, correction officer. At, a San, at San Quentin State Prison. So he was a correction officer there. And he was hard on us. He was hard on us. He taught us a lot of work ethic, just all about education, school, everything. And when we were 17 years old, uh, we lost him in, in a car accident. So, you know, three, three days before Christmas, uh, we got a knock on the door from a California highway patrol officer. That's really not a good sign at two in the morning. And um, I remember I thought I was having a nightmare. I saw my mom screaming on her knees. Um, and you know, they had said that he fell, he fell asleep behind the wheel. So instantly there, you know, our entire life just, uh, turned like a 360. you know, we lost our, our role model, our, our leader, um, just in a blink of an eye. And after that, three months later, my mom lost her mom due to cancer. So it was a, like a ton of bricks had hit our family and my mom to where I felt like we lost a, a big part of her too, because she turned to alcohol. She turned to antidepressant pills. She just wasn't the same person for a long period of time. And Chris and I, you know, uh, you know, we have an older brother. We were all just grieving our own way and we were lost. We didn't know how to deal with like that type of loss. So, you know, we went in just different directions and, you know, Chris and I turned to just like, you know, alcohol got into a lot of trouble with the law. Uh, but after that, you know, um, went through the 
promotions. We were 24 years old. Time just passed and we were going through college. And then uh, we actually were flipping through uh, uh, a magazine, like a muscular developed one, yeah. a muscular development one. And then we, uh, we actually hired a mentor um, that was doing online coaching and getting into it early back in 20, uh, 2000. Was it was about 2008, 2009, Chris? 2008, 2009. Yeah. So then we hired him, our first mentor. He was, uh, he built an online coaching business and we were just like students and sponges and saw what he was doing. We saw the possibilities. We went on to get like our certifications in personal training, our masters in sports nutrition, everything. And then we just, you know, took action, built our first business dynamic duo training where we helped tons of people with just like customized exercise nutrition programs for, I want to say almost eight years did extremely well with that. And then the last four years just pivoted to B2B coaching, uh, just helping health and fitness coaches do the same thing. And, you know, we've written a couple books. We have a great podcast called the dynamic lifestyle podcast over 450 episodes. So that's kind of what has brought us to here. Well, in regards to where you are here, congratulations. And with your 450 podcasts, and I, I've spotted them everywhere. I was doing a deep dive into y'all. I'm like, and here's another whole series of podcasts, and here's another <laughs> series. You've really um, covered and leveraged that because you also bring that into your social content quite a bit um, and overall into the entire product that you market. Uh, what I'd love to understand is, you know, where do you see benefits from content marketing and podcasting and like, how have you seen this help you scale? Yeah. So I would say like, just like, as far as like content marketing, what we teach like our students is there's three ways to basically create traffic and traffic these days is the attention. So, you know, everybody that's a, uh, you know, a creator, a coach, um, a business owner. I mean, obviously you want traffic, you want attention like on your brand. Right. Um, so the three ways is basically um, creating traffic. That's basically everything you can do organic wise, like Instagram, Facebook, having a podcast, having a YouTube channel, having a blog and newsletter, right? The second way is um, borrowing traffic. That's joint ventures, that's collaborations, right? That's affiliate programs. The third way is paid traffic. So that's obviously anything like, you know, media buying, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube ads, Google ads, whatever it is. We teach people in our program to really start with creating your own traffic because not everybody has deep pockets to be able to spend on paid advertisement, nor they should they because they don't have a foundation or an authority or reputation that backs that up, right? And the second one is a lot of people just don't know how to sit there and borrow traffic at that high level yet. So your best bet if you're starting off on this is to start by just creating content. And what that does is it gets people to know, like, and trust you. How do you take a friend to a, from, a, from a stranger to a friend to a buyer? And the only way to really do that, honestly, is through your content marketing to showcase like your story, the value, um, your mission, your, your vision, um, results that you actually provide. Right. And, you know, there's a lot of people that say that, you know, you don't need content marketing, but I'm a big believer after being in this, like for 11 years and building two like multiple six figure businesses and helping coaches that you need content marketing, you know? So that's kind of like my stance on like, you know, content marketing. Yeah. And I think just really quick to add that Stacy, I mean, if, if you really look at it, like in a, in a holistic way to where you're seeing that where the future's going, I mean, everything's going virtual, everything's going digital. And it's, to me, it's just, you are shooting yourself in the foot. If you are not getting on board and building an online brand and it all, it, it really does start with your personal brand. Like, you know, Stacy Jones, Eric Martinez, Chris Martinez, it's like our personal brands are not replicable. So people buy people. So that's the beauty of it is like, you can build an online personal brand and you know, who knows what opportunities are going to come with it. It doesn't have to be a business right away, but it's like, if you're giving value, 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 building that audience, getting your message out there. I mean, you just never know what door can open later on. Yeah, you never know. I think earlier on in my career, I was a little bit more shy about taking um, opportunities and I was 
you know, I evaluate, I'm like, is this a good opportunity to be on someone's content? You know, is it really great? I had a lovely learning lesson one day where I showed up for a shoot, thought it was for something else. It's something I never would have said yes to. Spent the whole time. It was fine. The shoot was great. Just wasn't what my expectations were. And I left. I'm like, huh, you know, maybe in the future I should research this out more. It was still professionally done. Very nice. That piece of content that was made that day still performs. It still shows mm. up. It still trends. Awesome. You never know what is yeah. actually going to be out there. And this is something that I did probably 13 years ago, 14 years ago. And it's still bringing me clients today. So that's the magic that I see on content is there's no reason not to do it. Yeah, 100%. And that's that's awesome. If you look at YouTube and uh, like, you know, podcasts, they're evergreen. So it's like, they, they just live on forever. And I tell too, like our coaches, like if you look at, you know, Facebook and Instagram these days, people are most likely first to go to your Instagram and Facebook to scout you out instead of like this big fancy website, you know, like the website can just be like an online business card, but they really go into like your content to see who you are. Right. And it's nothing like having a conversation with someone and they already know who you are. Mm -hmm. Authentic. They can tell you jokes you've told them because they've listened to your podcast or they've listened and seen you in other content. They know your vibe, your voice, they get you. They've already bought in. So all of a sudden you've changed the buyer proposition from having to be selling to actually being able to educate, which is your natural core. And I know that's your guys's core that you like educating and leading and enabling people to do better. And it, it's much nicer than having to say all the time, oh, no, 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 I'm valuable. I have, you know, something I can give you and having to prove yourself because you've done yeah. that. Yeah, absolutely. Yep. So where would you all say when you're working with different coaches, how do you tell them to start? Because it's daunting to be told, by the way, go out, make content, create a podcast, <laughs> write a blog, show up on social media. Oh, just do some Instagram stories. That's a lot for most people. Yeah. Those are really good. Yeah. I would say that. And then we'll go into the ammo part, but I think the biggest thing it's, it is a mindset shift and you have to, if you are a business owner, if you are going to create content, you have to reframe your mindset to look at this as business media, not social media. I think too many people get caught up in just like the going down the feeds, consuming, consuming, consuming the rabbit holes, putting so much emotion into it to where it's like, no, put your business hat on, put your business lens on and treat this as a business media platform. So then also what that means is you are now, you are no longer the content consumer. You are now the content producer. And there's, it's very different when it comes to that. It's like, you are treating this platform to sit there and give value to people. You're not, it's not about you. And then yes, you are happy to get, you know, you know, to monetize this, you know, for your God, for your God given talents. Mm -hmm. So those are two really, really big mindset shifts that, that people really need to understand and just use the platform for what it is. Get in, get out. Don't get too emotional with it. Don't sit there and try to people please everyone. Just post what you need to post and just collect the data and try to just speak to those, those people and just gain that audience. And don't worry about all these hundreds and thousands of followers that are going to sit there and just always buy from you because that's not true. Yeah. You're saying that if you <laughs> launch a podcast or any sort of thing, that just hundreds of thousands of people aren't overnight going to start like purchasing from you? Because I thought that's how it worked. I know, I know, right? That's that's what we see. That's that's the the perception and, and just instant gratification everywhere. The, the podcast gods like literally will sit there and shout to everybody once you start a podcast that hey, let them know. <laughs> I started a blog back in 2012 for our agency and we we reach about 30,000 people on a monthly basis for readers. But I think in year one, I'm pretty sure there was under 10. I'm not kidding. 
And if you look and you go back and you look at the numbers and the metrics, but you have to start somewhere. And we could scale ours way higher than where we're even at right now if we did smarter yeah. ways to get your content in front of people. But for us, it delivers and it takes time. And we're talking a lot of years in between. Podcast, I started, I'm over 350 episodes and started that over, I think, six years ago. But all of these things, you just have to start doing it yeah. and recording yeah. or writing. And you have to start somewhere. Yeah. yeah. Such a such a great point. Yeah. And it's just also to another mindset shift too. It's just like, you know, people need to stop thinking that there's like this A plus work that they're going to put out, you know, as far mm -hmm. as like content because it never exists, you know? And it's like, if you, if you just had that mindset to put out your B plus work that you're going to serve so many people and help them so much through that B plus work, instead of that illusionary kind of A plus work that never exists, it never exists. Yeah. And this, I was going to say really quick, there's a great, uh, like saying it says every master was once a disaster. And I, I go back and looked like at 10 year, 10 years ago of our YouTube videos. And I cringe, I cringe. I'm like, what <laughs> the heck? Like, you know, it's just, it's, it's awesome though. It's awesome to see that evolution and you building that skill set over time. So are you saying that you guys don't go in and edit every single video you do down to like the minutia? No, <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> and yeah. that's a big concern for a lot of people. I think, yeah. you know, they get in and they get so focused on everything or they write out scripts and then they sound stunted because they're 100%. reading their script. Yeah. yeah. Exactly. Or they'll think that they'll have to have like all these like lights, camera, action production with like a mic and like this like $2,000 camera and all this stuff. And it's like, you don't need all that stuff. Like the iPhones are really, really good these days just to start off to build some traction. And then, yeah, once you make some money off your audience that you have and the value you're exchanging, okay, great. Then you can always level up and put that back into like, you know, getting some equipment to enhance it once the skills are getting better. Once you produce content, how do you parlay it out into the world and release it? How do you work on monetizing that content? Yeah. So I would say like the biggest thing that we, our focal point would be is the podcast, right? Now from there, you know, like you said, we are playing at a different level from, from everybody. So everybody's going to have kind of different social platforms, but I mean, we utilize pretty much every single one of them, you know, uh, Instagram, Facebook, YouTube, a podcast. I even consider a, a newsletter, like basically a social media platform. So those are like, kind of like the five pillars that we really like, you know, use our content. So it really starts with the podcast and YouTube channel from there. It's like, you know, once we have the podcast set up, okay, great. The rest of it's like really promotion. And that's why we do like the video component to go on YouTube because it lives evergreen. And then also it's the second biggest search uh, engine optimization besides Google. Right. Um, but from there, if you have the video component, then you can play the game of like, you know, putting reels and, you know, chopping that up into content on Instagram and Facebook. Right. And if you have a newsletter, great. You can always let people know, Hey, this episode came out and just have them anticipate that every single week that a new episode came out. So that's really kind of how we play the game of like distributing our content. It always starts off with the podcast. Yeah. And I think to add to that, we're very, we're very intentional though, about like what we're putting out. So <clears throat> we have a content calendar that's mapped out for each month. And literally, I mean, you could do this. You could, you can map out your entire uh, content for the month and just batch it all up on one day, or you can just do it every week. Literally. I mean, for me, what works well is just blocking out two hours on a Saturday and literally like mapping out all the pieces of content that we want to put out there for the week. And whether that's just intentional, do we have a launch coming up? Do we have something that we want to sit there and really heavily promote? Um, is it just like a theme? 
is it something we want to test out? But it's, that's the beauty of it is just like, we, we sit there and batch it all up. So we're not stressed out. We don't have anxiety during the week and be like, Oh my gosh, like, what do I got to post this week? It's literally all mapped out. Um, breakfast, lunch, and dinner. This is what we're posting. This is what the stories are. So it just, it, it makes life so much easier. And then whatever, you know, like a- after that, it's out of my control as to like, what's going to happen. Is the algorithm going to, you know, perform well, are people going to like it? Are they going to share it? Those are my uncontrollables. What's in my control is I can show up every single day. I can produce the content. I can put out great content, try to inspire, help people. And I just have to live with that and just go with like the analytics, the KPIs and keep doubling down on what's working and what's not. And then just go from there. What do you think are some of the mistakes people make when they're producing content besides trying to make it perfect? Yeah, I think it's just, there's a lot of mistakes. I mean, people just, number one, they just don't know, you know, like let's say, let's put this in a context of a business owner. Um, People don't know their audience. They don't know their messaging and they don't have an offer. So when you don't have those three things, I mean, it's going to be extremely challenging and difficult as to like, you know, what are you going to put out on a day-to-day basis and and, and weekly basis? Like who, who am I speaking to? Who's my, my perfect future client? What's their wants? What's their pains? What's their desires? What's their needs? what are they thinking? What's their false belief patterns? How can I sit there and reframe their mind? How can I get them to think differently? What are my solutions to their pain points? What's my methodology? What makes me different than all the other people? So there's a lot that goes into that. So if someone doesn't know their audience and messaging, it's going to, they're going to be speaking to the masses and that's going to be just very confusing. It's like fishing in a huge pond, like good luck. And then, you know, if you don't have an offer, um, again, what are you going, what's your call to action going to be? Like, where are you leading people? What, what is it that you're trying to do? So I think if we start off with those three things, audience messaging and offer, those are huge mistakes that people are making. But then again, um, we could go down the whole thing of like people just overthinking, just paralysis by over analysis. Like Chris said, people wanting to put out a plus work instead of just putting out B plus work, getting their hands dirty, helping people out, not making it about them. So, I mean, yeah, there's just so many layers to it. Yeah. I'll add to this really quick. I think the yeah. like, big mistake is not really understanding the game of content you're playing. So like there's these yeah. five phases of content marketing. The very first two phases is basically phase one is just post something and just literally show up and just post something on Instagram or Facebook, whether it's a video, a reel, whatever, just post it. The second phase is basically post something and then post it consistently, whether that's Monday, Wednesday, Friday, but stay consistent. So people anticipate that those two phases it's really intentional for just the no like trust factor. That's all it is. Those first two phases are not intended for you to get any clients. The next three phases, when you start opening up channels, you start getting more creative, innovative, posting more, all that stuff that is meant to sit there and get your guys's clients. So it's just, people don't understand the game of it and they just throw stuff up there and they'll try to go on every single channel and be omnipresent because that's the cool thing to do, but it ends up being crappy, you know? And it's like, then they end up hating it because they're not getting engagement. Just, there's so many things that go into it. Yeah. When you're talking about engagement, one of the parts that's key to social and you've certainly touched on the fact that you have to create the content and you touched on the word engagement, but you also have to be social. You have yeah. to actually be responding to yeah. or reaching out to others. How do y'all approach that? 
Yeah. So what I do is I just literally like create a system to where I'll just go into, you know, Facebook and Instagram, and then we'll, I'll just have it like time blocked literally for yeah. 30 two times a day. Because if I keep going back and checking my likes and my comments and doing it right on the spot, that's going to throw me off of like what I'm trying to do and lose my focus. Right. Then I'm again, I'm going to end up hating it because I'm like, ah, oh, I got to check Facebook, Instagram, and I got to get back to these, uh, these questions and, and engagement and all that stuff. So make it easy on yourselves guys. Like just literally time block, put it on your schedule. Just like if you would go to the gym or do something on the schedule and put in like a 15 to 30 minute time block where that's your hundred percent focus is just going back and just going back into the engagement and replying back and connecting with people. Because that's another thing too. If you're like, you know, at the grocery store and you're trying to engage back with people, you're not really like taking the time to really read their responses or their questions. And you're giving them back kind of like a rush shitty type of like answer. And that's a reflection on, on you and your brand. So if you time block it, you're going to put a more quality type of like answer or feedback to their question or their, their engagement. And it's just going to only help your brand going forward. Yep. If y'all had to start over all of a sudden tomorrow, what would be the first thing that you would do to <clears throat> reestablish yourselves or establish yourself for the first time? That's, that's, a, that's, a, that's a good question. <laughs> I, I would definitely... Um, so this is, I'm, I'm big on this. I, I I'm big on dominating like by three to five mile radius. So I would really start there. Um, just make a list of all the different businesses that are within three to five mile radiuses and who really can I sit there and collaborate with and, and just cross cross reference businesses. I would start there. And then I would just literally start with, again, just like a fresh Instagram, Facebook, and just build for, just focus on my personal brand. That's it. Just again, just start putting out good quality content and then just giving, 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 just go from there. I was going to say, Stacey, are you talking about like, if we lost all of like our, our content or it could be the internet went unplugged or it could be that you're like, "Mm, I'm just, you know, going to do a new thing. Yeah, (laughs) that's good. Um, I guess I would just like start making more alignments, you know, figuring out like, you know, who I could sit there and partner with to be able to sit there and go on their platform and borrow their audience. Going back to what I talked about is how do I borrow their audience with the JV or collaboration or something like that. So I would try to do that, whether it's Instagram, a YouTube, a podcast, an email, blog, whatever, I would try to sit there and borrow people's traffic to build that back up. And when you say that, what would you actually do? What would your tactic be? So for our listeners who are like, borrow someone's audience, like, what am I supposed to do? Just like go in and like DM everyone. That's not what you were talking about. So what do you mean? Yeah. So let's just say right now for my, for my instance, like we help health and fitness professionals out. If we lost everything, what I would do is I would make like a list of probably like 20 people that have my audience. Right. And those could be YouTubers. Those can be podcasters. Um, it could even be like going to like universities, right? Because universities have up and coming, like, you know, health and fitness professionals and exercise programs, nutrition programs. So I would go to these people and just ask them, can I provide value to your guys' students or your audience? And these are like the three different topics I would do. And then, you know, whether they would let me do a call to action or not, I mean, that's totally up to them, but at least I'm getting the attention and getting my, my face out there and the value out to them to be able to build my social media following or my list again. Yeah. I I think something very similar, I would do that, or I would just make like what's called a dream 100 list of just like a hundred people that have like micro influencing, um, to, you know, anywhere from like 10 to like, you know, 50,000 followers. And, uh, and then just, how can I help you? How can I provide value to you? Like, let's do an Instagram live together. Let me interview you, you know, so just go in with the giving mentality and then, you know, they can share it in their platform and you start getting eyeballs on your platform. So are you guys, um, Chet Holmes and Tony Robbins followers? 
I just heard Dream 100. I've read Chet awesome. Holmes's book, The Ultimate Sales. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's a, yeah. Really, good book. It's yeah. a really good book. Really good yeah. book. Yeah. And Tony Robbins, I mean, yeah, he, he, he's, he's obviously, you know, he's a legend. Um, but I just, for, for, for some reason, as of late, I haven't like really do, like dove into any of his stuff. Mm-hmm. Both of you seem very um, mindful and mentally forward and optimistic. So you fit into the world of, um, of, of do better, to do bettering. I can't even say, yeah. speak, but yeah. improvement, right? And yeah. so that's, that's where I think I see that. Absolutely. Um, so where else, like if you were counseling your, your coaches that are underneath you, you know, what other insight would you give them? Where would you tell them to go after they have created lots of content? Because there's more to it than just content creation. Uh, now there's actually the dialing in of the business and the launching and like, what's that next step? You've created lots of a world to come to who you are. People find you authentic and engaging and value from what you're teaching. What's next? Yeah, I would say it's like, you know, if we go back to like the ammo thing, the audience and messaging is really honing on the offer, right? And figuring out like, you know, what is that offer that you can help people with now that you have content, now that you have like the marketing cap on, which we call them being a fitness marketer first, because you have to market. Nobody's just going to come to you, you know, if they don't know who you are. So once they have that skill, okay, great, let's work on the offer. And then we got to work on the sales skills, you know, I mean, especially if you're going to sell a high ticket program, I mean, look, you know, you have to have a little bit of sales skills to do that. You don't have to be this super persuasive person or any of these type of like, you know, NLP type of like tactics or anything like that, but you have to know how to just sell a little bit. You know what I mean? So I would work on those skills with the person. And then after that, you know, it's like, whatever they're selling, you know, how's like that fulfillment? Because too many people focus on just, oh, you know, marketing or acquisition. They don't sit there and give that client a really good like onboarding experience or delivery experience or client experience to where that's when they come back and pay, stay and refer, you know? So I would hone in on a lot of those skills so that they just build a sustainable business and people keep coming back and they have a good reputation, good word of mouth and just a solid brand that they're building up. Yeah. And even on top of that, it's like, that's when you, you start to, you know, buy yourself leverage and just delegate and build a team, right? It's just, you don't want to be wearing all the hats. You don't want to be doing all the stuff. Like, you know, there's a time and place for that when we get started, but as soon as you you know, are making, you know, a consistent cash flow, it's like start hiring out, hiring out certain things. It's just, it's really what we call the low income, low impact tasks. It's like, you don't need to be doing, you know, video editing. You don't need to be creating Canva stuff. Like, no, that's not your strong suit. Like focus on, you know, what you're really good at. And again, um, I'm big on too, like just having conversations on Instagram and Facebook. So what I see works very well. And what we do for ourselves is we have a lead generating virtual assistant. So we have a virtual assistant go into Instagram and Facebook for, you know, three to four hours per day, engage with people on our avatar niche, spark up conversations. And that brings more eyeballs to our brand. And that's where we can potentially get them on a phone call and get them on a sales call. So I think that's a, that's a great way to sit there and buy leverage and build your, uh, and scale your business. And there's that whole part of being social on social. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> Got to get on social first. <laughs> yeah. What's your favorite platform? For, for me, it's, it's Instagram. Yeah. What about you, Chris? Same thing. I, I like podcasting. Okay. You know, I really do. I love jumping on the mic, interviewing people, being interviewed, you know, just doing solo rounds, talking about different topics. I just think uh, there's something intimate about just like that podcast. It's like, you know, in your ear, you know, and just consuming the content. Well, if we're going to consider that, then yeah, I would say podcasting over Instagram. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's a, I consider it. <laughs> all right. All right. 
Well, at least you can put your podcast on Instagram. That's yeah, true. exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. What, what about, I was going to say, what about you, Stacey? Thing. You know, my go-to was always writing. I love writing. I'm very good at writing. Okay. Um, moving over into podcasting, you know, literally the first 100 podcasts I did were a lot of me revisiting what I had written on and given oh, insights yeah. on and training and teaching. And I will tell you that first, you know, if you go back way back into my very first podcast, there might be some that sound like I was reading a little bit because I was one of those people who was like, I have to be perfect. And then I would edit, I edited everything <laughs> myself and I would any ums, uhs, uhs, gasps of breaths, you know, I was meticulous and that did not last very long. Um, but blogs for me because you can repurpose but podcast too because you can turn a podcast into a blog yeah yeah correct exactly. absolutely that's the beauty of it you can transcribe it all and just you know put it on multiple different outlets uh, repurpose yeah so how can our listeners learn more about you where can they find you great question uh, they can find these huge eyebrows on instagram at Chris and Eric Martinez. And honestly, we have a lot of great resources in our, um, our bio, our link tree. So that's the best place. Or just again, check out our podcast, the, the dynamic lifestyle podcast. Those are probably the best places to check us out. Yeah. We have also a really good training too. Like since we talked yeah. a lot about content, which I really appreciate, it's a great training. So, um, it's called, or you can find it at dynamicfitpros.com forward slash content machine, all one word. And that's basically what we teach you to do. How do you build a content machine? words of advice to our listeners of how they should be getting started. <laughs> yeah. You want to rock go? paper scissors? No, I'm just kidding. I'll go. <laughs> I would say just Stacy, just um, if you're going to get into this game of like entrepreneurship and building your business, um, you got to really work on the six pack in the brain. You really do. You know, um, that's not going to sit there and negate the fact that you have to have tactics and a business model and all that type of stuff, but you really have to sit there and be mentally tough and work on your discipline and understand that, you know, you have to be patient as well too. And that this is going to be a long journey, right? And it's not going to be easy and it's not meant to be like that, you know? So it's not for everybody, but the best advice that I wish I could have gotten when I first started off with on this was literally work on like the six pack in the brain, you know, your confidence, um, your resiliency, your discipline right? Because you will be tested. I promise you will be tested. And when you are tested, you have to be ready to anticipate that storm, right? So that's my best advice. Yeah, that's good. Um, I, I will, I'll go the other route too, of just like controlling what you can and not stressing what you can't. And that's just, you know, under, identifying what your controllables are versus your uncontrollables. And three things you can control every single day. I truly believe that that's your thoughts, that's your attitude and your actions. Um, also known as your think be do. Uh, and it's, it's as simple as that. And we all can control those things. And, you know, the sooner we can get that under control and really just, you know, get our, our focus level to really dial in and not be distracted by what's all going on on this and all the, all the jazz. I mean, you, you'll be surprised how much stuff you can just get done. And, it's just a, it's a better route to go than just being distracted and just like, just following the herd. I will tell you listeners, if you are not watching this, if you are just listening in, so both Chris and Eric have this glow about them. They are just very positive. They are very at peace. They are, you can tell they're driven. They're super high energy. Um, obviously a lot of this comes from, you know, their chosen professions of probably being beasts at fitness and actually knowing what to do and take care of their body. Right. But everything they're saying about mental um, attitude and 
how you are driving yourself. I mean, that's the biggest area that I think marketers, business individuals let themselves down on. They get caught yeah. up in the minutia of how they're fucking things up, quite frankly, yeah. right? Like that's yeah. the bottom line. It's like, that's where we all go in to. And if you can keep that, and can you say it again? You said, be do. There was one before that. Uh. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Thoughts, attitudes, Thoughts, and actions. Attitudes, think, action. think, be, do. <laughs> there you go. Think, be, do. If you can actually do that, you know, you're going to be a game changer in your own business. And so I really do appreciate both of y'all sharing, you know, your insights and your thoughts. And I love finding really good content marketers, and you guys are. So, yeah. No, thank you so much, Stacey. Yeah. yeah. Thank you so much for having us. And again, appreciate the time and just all, everything. So, thank you again. Of course. And to all of our listeners, thank you for tuning in to another episode of Marking Mistakes and How to Avoid Them. I look forward to chatting with you this next week. And until then, if you have any interest in learning and diving into the wild west world of influencer marketing and product placement and movies and TV shows and pop culture, please remember, reach out to Hollywood Brandon and our team would love to chat. Have a great one.